0: Thank you. You know what I love about you two? Everything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Here we are. Ta-da, 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 da You here for the first time? I just did such a beautiful energy in here today. It's alive. And we're here to be alive. So what I'm going to do right now, anybody here for the first time? welcome, welcome. Welcome. Uh, I'm Reverend Dr. Patrick Cameron. I'm the uh, spiritual director here. I'm certainly not the spiritual uh, answer man, but I'm the spiritual director here. I help manage and and, and help put together programs and and, uh, help support the highest and best possibility of our vision. And uh, so we do this twice a Sunday. Um, As we look out on the world, it's very easy to get distracted. There's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of change going on. But uh, what I'd like to suggest to you is it's also an opportunity. And we're part of that tribe. So, what I'm going to invite you to do right now, I just finished several books. I was on a, a holiday, and it gives me a chance to read more. And a book called Big Mind, Big Heart, and it's written by a, a, a Buddhist Zen master. Zen Buddhism is, the they say, the accelerated path to enlightenment. So if you're really devoted to Zen, in about 25 years, you'll start to have uh, enlightened experiences. <laughs> so just to give you a perspective on how this works. Anyway, in that, he, he talks about the archetypes that we have, that we all have archetypes. And two of the archetypes we all share is the protector and the controller. And so to move in through the veil many times is to ask permission. And you, and you have to say please. Uh, protector and, and uh, controller, may I please move through the doorway of infinite possibility of love. And I love that because it, and he, he's found it, that it's been remarkable, the practice. It's a, it's a wonderful... But what I would say, the other thing he talks about it, he does it because kinesthetically, our bodies are so important. We're, we've taken form in a body for so reason as I set you up. And we're gonna do a, a 30 seconds of silence. I'm gonna sing a chant and I'm gonna invite you to join me. The words will be over my shoulder. If you're a singer, please feel free. If not, just let it be a soundtrack in this moment. And the other piece is that I will offer an affirmative prayer that is really set up and guided by our experience of silence and our our chant. But in the work, and I become more and more mindful of, is that when we move into these different archetypes, we must change our physical position. And so what physical position can you adopt? You may not do it right in this moment. That is your position for divine oneness and connection. Is It's is just a simple, and it can be a simple shift of the weight. It can be simple. But what it does is it sets a, a message kinesthetically to us. And so I'm going to invite you to find that. Now, for me, I've always been taught to keep both feet on the floor, crossing the legs. To, uh, so crossing our legs either keep, holds the energy or it keeps it from coming to us. And you're, you're, you're okay if you're comfortable doing that. But what, what is your divine position? What is the position that you shift into to open yourself up to it? Because then the body's engaged. So I offer that to you. So find your your God position if you feel so inclined. And what I know is that when I'm in my God position, there's usually a smile on my face. So that may be helpful too. It's an opportunity for joy. Look, we're here on this eternal journey. And we're going to keep doing it over and over again until we get it right. So let's get some of it right today. huh? Let's be that vehicle and that outlet and that, and that expression of of the oneness of life, to stand in in the courage and the capacity to, to be agents of transformation. That's what I know and that's what I want for myself. I want that for you because there's no private good. We are all in this together. And so I invite you to drop into 30 seconds of silence in this moment. If you can activate your heart center in your divine space as you breathe, feel your heart. Imagine your heart breathing. There's an intelligence in the heart. There's an intelligence in the gut. And so imagine that core expanding as you breathe. Bubbling out, radiating out. Beyond your physical form and we connect with one another. When we connect with one another, we connect with divinity. Because that's where divinity is. So the divine spark in me connects, connects with the divine spark in you. Namaste. The beauty, joy, love possibility within me acknowledges the beauty, joy, love possibility in you. All right, let's move into the silence.
1: One Spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. And
0: I offer these words in the I Am. And my sense is that that there's a, a divine intelligence, a loving intelligence that's guiding each and every one of us, but we must open to it. And so in this moment, I open to that in my heart and my being, and I, I'm in that shared coherence with you, that energetic field of oneness. And so my suspicion in this moment, it is the same field and in intelligence that the great teachers spoke and taught from. And so what this beautiful, loving voice is, is encouraging and nudging within me is the knowing and the recognition of this force for good, this power for good, this loving intelligence that lives within each and every one of us. That life is my life. That life is our life. That life is your life. And so I am guided, directed in every good way. I stand here allowing myself to dissolve whatever is no longer in my best interest. And I need not know all the details, but I simply make myself available. I surrender to this divine presence because I know that I have come to love everything and everyone to stand in the capacity and the wisdom and the clarity and to understand that all of it has come as a gift in my life. Not to be done to me, but to be done for me. And my opportunity is to take that experience and, and within myself cleanse it and transform it and to realize this too is a blessing, whatever it may be. And so I give thanks for all the learning, all the growth, all the challenges, all the obstacles, all of the times of of despair that I thought there was no answer and no direction to turn and to realize that that was just my own meaning-making. And I'm grateful for my meaning-making because that very meaning-making that I use for that, I can transform the situations and my experiences. So I just give thanks knowing that this day there's things shifting within myself and anyone else in agreement with this divine loving intelligence that we partner in that the highest and the best possibility knowing that this day is blessed that our physical bodies are blessed that our minds are blessed that our spirits and souls are alive and dynamic that we've come home to ourselves in a new and beautiful way to continue to wake up over and over and over again this is my practice thank you for supporting me thank you for agreeing with me Thank you for allowing my words to bless you or challenge you. Whatever you are on the spectrum, it is all perfect and right because I love where I am and I love everything I have. For this, I give thanks. I release these words. I invite you to say with me. And so it is. All righty, I'm all prayed up. I've done that three or four times today now. If I start floating, let me just pull me down. All righty. Let's see if I can get my. There it is. I'll warm it up. There is Dr. Ernest Holmes. He's the founder of our tradition called Centers for Spiritual Living. It used to be the Centers, uh, inter, uh, religious centers. Uh, religious thank you. Religious science was what started out, and then it got confused with other things. And we'd spend a lot of time explaining to people what we weren't. So he wrote a wonderful book called The Science of Mind. i have got mine up here. Do some science of mind thumping today. Um, What I want to do is I want to share some ideas with you that I think are relevant and alive and and, and pertinent. And then I'm going to invite Dennis Goodwill to come up and do some sound bath with us. And he'll do about 10 minutes of sound bath. The reason that uh, spiritual practice is so important in our lives, it takes us out of our intellect, our egoic mind. Anybody here have an egoic mind? There's like 15, 20. That's awesome. I knew I was getting this ready for somebody. So anyway, I want to just touch upon some of the science of mind. It's the basics. 1926, he wrote this book. Uh, and he was self-educated. Uh, he was awarded an honorary doctorate uh, early in his career when, when people realized what a phenomenal thinker and, and uh, researcher, philosopher, and mystic he was. He was truly a mystic. That's okay. If a phone goes off, um, the first time it goes off, we love you. Just saying. Uh, so if you're thinking you might want to turn it off for 40 minutes, it wouldn't be a bad idea. And if it goes off a second time, we still love you. It just gets harder for us to love you. All right. So this is the thing itself, the first chapter in the Science of Mind textbook, and it's a beautiful... So I'm going to touch on some ideas. So what I'm basically doing is describing to you how the engine works. It works for everybody, all the same. I just want to touch upon it because it's important. And it's revolutionary. And if you want to know more, we've got a class called the, um, Beyond Beliefs that is showing up. And we're going to, uh, Eileen, uh, Irene Metellick is going to be teaching it. I'm going to be teaching Power of Decision. We've got an amazing workshop going on with, Lo- with my wife Laura and I. We have done a lot of research in our own personal transformation over the last couple of years because we realized that we were stuck. And, and so our, 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 our weekend, which is on the 25th, 26th, 27th, I think I've got that right is going to give you meditation practices and some kinesthetic practices and some, uh, uh, some philosophical practices. And then there's going to be, a, we're going to continue to work with the group uh, on a consistent basis. Once a month, we'll do a Zoom call. We'll talk about challenges, opportunities that are showing up, so that there's an opportunity for integration. Anybody here ever gone to the weekend retreat and then you're back to the same habitual patterns 30 days later, 30 minutes later? Yeah. We have to, it's not enough to know. We have to know how, and we have to integrate it. This is where the rubber meets the road, and, and we have to do this now. There's no, there's no oh, I'll get to it next year. No, it's now. And so we all need to, to enroll ourselves in a deeper and deeper way. So it's, it's really wonderful and beautiful. So Dr. Holmes said the study of the science of mind is the study of first cause, spirit, mind, or the invisible essence, the ultimate stuff in intelligence from which everything comes, the power back of creation. So he wrote that in 1926, and all, you know, many of these people come along, and, you know, Abraham Hicks, I love Esther, all this stuff. She's teaching, she's teaching a form of the science of mind, as I would say it, and it's, it's a very pure and wonderful form, and I know people that have gone on her cruises. There's many, many teachers out there teaching the same thing. But why do we get stuck? Why don't we have the experiences that we want to have? Why do we have these challenges? That's because it works. If we work it, it works. And yet we go to take a class, like I said, and then all of a sudden we're back into the same habitual patterns because we have to break out of that that repetition. So Dr. Holmes said, there's a divine plan and the divine plan is one of freedom. Freedom is the birthright of every individual. All instinctually feel this. The inherent nature of man is forever." and forever seeking to express itself in terms of freedom. Would you disagree with that? Do you have a sense within you that you'd like, would you like the suffering to stop? The, the worry, the anxiety? We as a culture on this planet, we have never had the level of stress that we have now. Never. And, and one of the, one of the, the, the uh, signposts of it is the, the level of ADHD, attention deficit disorder, within our children. And, and I'm going to talk a bit about that today because it's one of the reasons we stay stuck. So the thing, because we're so compassionate, because love is the, leads the way all the time, it also becomes a deterrent to evolution. So if that interests you, I'll get to it in a few minutes here. So Dr. Holmes also said there's no favorites. We think of metaphysics as something only the profound thinkers of all time have known about. But we should remember that we are also thinkers. You're a thinker, you're a thinker, you're a thinker, 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 thinker. Think. You don't do that tomorrow for your spiritual practice. Everywhere you go, go to the mall and just go, thinker, 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 thinker. thinker. <laughs> Maybe don't say it out loud. Maybe don't point. We're all thinkers. <laughs> prayer, but some are healed and some are not. Have you noticed that? You said a prayer? Some people, get a, some people have a healing. Some people have this great experience. And then they share it. And it's like, well, son of a biscuit. How come that hasn't happened for me? I've been saying the same prayers. I've been working on that. Dr. Holmes, said it is not that God has not responded, and God is a principle. God is not a, a white, white-bearded fellow up on a cloud bestowing arbitrary blessings. Oh, it's Cheryl's day-to-day. You're going to win the lottery. No, no. Sorry, Pat, it's not your day-to-day. It doesn't operate that way. There's no favorites. Their prayer, their thought has responded by corresponding. The answer to prayer is in the prayer. It's the consciousness of the thing. So we come in. We're desperate. Usually, when people come in the door, they come because they're desperate. Life has fallen apart. The the RPM disappeared. You know what the RPM is? The right and perfect mate. They've taken off, or they've shown up. Works both ways. The job left. The money left. The health left. Whatever it may be, people come in the door, and, it's, and there's patterns there that help set this up. It just didn't drop into our lap today. It may have started years and years and years ago. But to understand that, and so it's not right or wrong, but when we have the wisdom and the insight to realize what is the cause, what is first cause going on here? What is the initiating cause for my challenge in this moment? That's what's to know. And you know the way we transform it? We love it. We learn how to love it. We integrate it. We realize I wouldn't be who I am. If I didn't have the dad that I had growing up, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. Because he so inspired me through his behavior and through his his frustration and his anger and his violence. As a little boy, that, that intelligence within me knew this ain't the way to do it. And I love him dearly. Because he gave everything he had. He just didn't have a whole lot of love to give because he was so stressed. And I understand it now. It's like, dad, it's okay. I pray with him all the time. Because his his con you see, we think when they're gone that that our prayers don't affect them. I pray for his consciousness every day. And for him to forgive himself. I've forgiven him. It's like, thanks, Dad. And and but that's to live from a perspective of understanding. And to realize, I remember I was a minister in Fillmore and it was like my second year in, and I was walking across the parking lot, hit me like a, a thunderbolt. And I realized, because I had so many issues with my family of origin, I said, they can't hurt me anymore. <sighs> what a relief. I just put it down. I, I didn't want to do that dance with them anymore. It was just so powerful. And it just dropped in. I was like, what's going on here? I'm not, I'm not pissed off all the time. I, my stomach's not gurgling and, and tightening. Oh, my God. And then Because they couldn't hurt me anymore, and nobody could hurt me. Because I, I kept signing up to be hurt because that was the way I was domesticated. So it's powerful. And prayer, so prayer, we must become the, the consciousness of the thing itself. Here's the teaching symbol. Spirit, thought, conscious thought descends into the subconscious, which is the law which always responds to our nature, our embodied way of being. And we, it takes form. So this is my quote. Took me two days to write it because I couldn't find a good one. A restricted, soiled, or faulty filter will result in a disappointing or compromised experience. So we can have the, the finest intentions and we can say the prayer and we can do all the stuff that needs to happen. But only so much of life that can pass through us is what we're going to experience. And so when we're holding on and we're restricting and we're not in the full relationship with the divine, it becomes a limited experience. So we learn to trust the universe, we should be happy, prosperous, and well. So one of the challenges that we all have, we brought the Q process in this year. February we started it, and the Q process is a form of shadow integration. So I'm, I'm immersed in an amazing book right now that is changing, that has set me on, on my head right now, and I don't recommend you pick it up because it's a really hard read. It's about two, two pages, and I've got to set it down because it's very, very rich with information. It's called The Heart of the New Republic, An Ethos for Revolutionaries. I'm talking to a room of revolutionaries. I saw my buddy Pat Silvey come in this morning. I said, you're here, man. You're a spiritual revolutionary. This is perfect. I knew I was supposed to do this talk today because Pat was going to be, and you're going to be here. But, but with, with this is that, that our spiritual practice has to be our life. Our spiritual practice has to be the totality of our life. It can't be an hour a week here it has to be how we, we nurture ourselves, how we relate to f- the nutrients that go into our bodies. I know that if I get drunk every night, it diminishes my experience of life. I know from experience because I was 20 years old at one point in time and I realized that this doesn't feel very good the next morning. Uh, I know that if I, the things that, the ideas I expose myself to so mentally, what can I read today? What can I learn today? That's my commitment to myself this year. I want to learn something new every day. I want to read something valuable that inspires me and and drafts me in the direction of what my Q qualities are, to be brilliant and creative, to live in freedom, to be generous, to love like never before, and to be loved like never before, and to live in wholeness. So that's what I've come here to be, because if I can fulfill those, then I know whatever is important for me to have and experience and draw into my life, and also to share, I'll know it. Because this becomes the theme. This becomes my song. And I want that for you. I don't want it just for me. I want it for you. But I want to model it for you and be able to speak to it intelligently so you can say, gee, there's hope. See, healing is possible. Healing is always possible. That's why we've come. So we have to learn how to trust. So I want to share with you something. I watched an amazing, amazing YouTube video. uh, Thanks to Jennifer uh, Bowerman, our board chair. Because we share a lot of ideas. You know, being on the board isn't just about, oh, how are we doing financially and And uh, who's upset this week, and all that? It's about what wants to be given birth here. It's about what wants to happen here. See, something wants to happen, and when we come together collectively, and we can share that, we create a coherence. As Holmes said, because you're in that correspondence, you're in the coherence with the greater yet to be, and it's more powerful in community. It just simply is, because your love and your light is my love and my light, and and it doesn't add; it multiplies. So there's a richness. So I would say to you, if you don't have a community where you can connect and move into coherence, find one. And we are not the end-all and be-all for everyone, but we are a community that believes in the greater yet-to-be. We believe in the coherence of love and beauty and joy in a healthy and grounded way. And so when we do our cue process, when we do our shadow integration, as as, uh, Terry Patton talks about in the heart of the, uh, the, the Republic of the heart the ethos for revolutionaries. He talks about it. It requires shadow integration. It, it requires taking good care of our physical bodies. Do you know that when you have a physical activity in your life that your spiritual, your spiritual life accelerates? Because our bodies are the temple. And all of a sudden, all the cells get, get accelerated. So to have something, going for a walk, whatever it may be, whatever your modality, yoga. There's, a beautiful, there's beautiful yoga, standing yogas. All of it is so important. Yoga means union, but we have to have the physical. We have to have the mental. We have to have the spiritual. We have to have the shadow integration. We have to have the social. We need all of it. That's spiritual practice. So your life becomes your spiritual practice. And my practice, as Terry Patton said in it over and over again, and it's just an adaptation of what I've done for years, he said "The, the practice is to wake up over and over again to the present moment. So why is that difficult for us? And I'll tell you why. So, this beautiful YouTube is a, a discussion between Timothy Ferris and Gabor Mate. You know Gabor? He wrote the In the Realm of the Hungry Ghost. Brilliant, brilliant, man. It's two hours and 23 minutes. I've watched it two or three times now. I've taken notes, taken notes, and I pulled something out of it that I want to share with you. Because it's so impactful, I think. And see, w- one of the things he addresses in this and why we did the queue is all of us, every one of us, the act of being born, we experience trauma. Every one of us has had trauma. We are a culture of trauma. It's just a given. The Buddha said life is suffering. I think that Buddha meant life is trauma because things happen. And let me flush this out for you because this is not a bad thing. This is important for us to know so that we can manage it in a way that is productive and transformative so we can transcend, which means rise above. We're here to transcend. You're not here to live in limitation. You are not. And you, I don't care what you tell me. Pat came in this morning and said, I remember when you told me I'm tired of hearing your story. And I was. And I risked the the the, the experience of, of of pissing him off, and it did. It only took him 20 years to come back in. This is this is this is productive. <laughs> oh, we've been we've been in high relationship forever, because it was said from love, and it was just said from honesty. Because our story just keeps us stuck. So what happens with us? We have two childhood needs, is what Gabor. Talked about, Matei, with Tim Ferriss. We have two basic fundamental needs. One is attachment. We've got to, as babies, we've got to connect with another person. Because if we don't connect with another person, we don't survive. We don't have food. We don't have warmth. We don't have, we don't have shelter. We don't have water. We don't have the, the nurturing that we all need. And the other one is authenticity. We have to be at home with ourselves. Authenticity means coming home to ourselves. It means recovery. So what happens is as children, because we need to attach, many times we give up our authenticity because to be authentic with our caregivers and the people that domesticate for us and the people that we attach to so we can survive, don't allow us. We have to give up our authenticity because we're not fitting into what their, their expectations are. So when people come to me and say, I'm finally finding my voice, well, good for you. Because we have to give that voice up many times because it's not allowed in the setting that we're in. No one does this intentionally. No one sets out to do this or punish. It's the way this works. Because as Gabor Mate says, he says, what are you? He says, I'm a people whisperer. I'm, gonna put a, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm creating a new website because I want to do this work. I want to do it here and I want to do it out in the world. Because if we can't get on top of this, if we can't integrate our shadow and live in wholeness and own ourselves, it's recovery. Now, recovery in a 12-step program means you stop drinking and you get on a spiritual path. We all need to recover the truth of our our being. So what happens? He uses this example. You're a 2-year-old, and you want to have the cookie before dinner. Anybody here ever want to have the cookie before dinner when you're 2 years old? And your parents say, you can't have the cookie. Just mean. I'm looking at two parents over here. They're nodding their heads. You know where the cookie was hidden. Yeah, you didn't even ask anymore. You just went and got it. So the parents say you can't have the cookie before dinner. And you get angry because you're two years old and you want the cookie. But your parents were raised in a, in a home. They were, they were nurtured and domesticated in a home where the people that, that domesticated them were rageaholics, and so anger is something that terrifies the parents. And so when you get angry about the cookie, the parents can't manage it because they haven't integrated. They can't own that anger and understand it. it's just an experience. But they're, such, they're terrified of this rageaholic experience. Does this ring true for anybody? So what the, what the parents, they give the message that to, to you or to me that good little kids don't get angry. If you're a good kid, you're not going to get angry. And, and so the message that we receive is that good little kids, we don't get good little kids don't get angry. What we get is angry little children don't deserve love. So what they do, and my mom was a master at this. My mom could give you the stink eye and the silent treatment for a month at a time. So they withhold affection, they withhold uh, relating because you had the audacity to get angry. So this happens. It's happened. It happened in my experience. Maybe it didn't happen to you. But this is, you, maybe you've parented like this. I parented like this too. My mom taught me to be the master at the, the silent treatment. But because your parents are sullen, they won't look at you, they, won't talk, they talk to you in a harsh way, and you're not getting love. You're not experiencing love at that moment. But we have to stay attached. We have to stay attached to these people that are no longer offering love because it, our survival depends on it. So what happens with, a t- with, a t- with uh, authenticity is back before we lived in houses, you know, we've only been living in houses for a few hundred years, thousands and thousands of years we lived out in where? We lived in the wild. And if you weren't connected to your intuition, when you weren't connected to that intelligence that lives in your gut, what would happen? You would die. Thank you. Yes, you would. So our intuition, so what happens is because we're so desperate for love and our parents do the best they can to try and control us and the things that trigger them, they don't, we can't do that. We're not allowed. If you, let a kid, if you let a two-year-old cry for a while and just stand there and say, well, yeah, you're, you just can't have the cookie. Yeah, I know you're going to cry. Carry on, but I still love you. It just means you can't have a cookie right now. You can have a cookie later. I have a, I have a three-year-old granddaughter. It's an argument you don't have to win. You just have to witness it in love. Yeah, I know, you want a cookie. But the cookie will taste really good after dinner. Whatever. But many of us, because it triggers us. So what happens is we give up our our authenticity, our connection with ourselves, because we so need to be attached for survival. And so we carry this, this theme throughout our lives. And so as Gabor says we lose connection to ourselves, we lose connection to our gut feeling because we have to give it up to stay attached, to survive. And then, and then what happens is people will say things like, because we're not connected to our authenticity, I went to a retreat one time and we sat there for three days and looked at a stranger in the eye and said, who are you? For three days. Well, actually I went for a day and a half and I quit after a day and a half I thought, th- this is ridiculous. Why would we ask that question? Because we've given up our authenticity. We don't know who the hell we are. Who the hell am I? What the hell's going on? We're lost because we don't trust ourselves. So, how, so when Dr. Holmes says this is a philosophy of freedom, this stuff works. But the reason it doesn't work is we've got all this other stuff in the way. And so we need to recover ourselves. We need to come home to ourselves. It's not a problem. Isn't it refreshing to know? And there's ways to do that. If you watch, the, if you watch his video, he, he articulates several ways that we can help accelerate this. And a lot of it is through the physicality. We have to bring physicality into our spiritual practice. Uh, Pat Silvey, uh, who I'm referring to this morning, he's a, he's a DJ, and he came walking in, and he said, I heard there was a rave here. And I said, well, maybe you're having a precognitive hit here on something that needs to happen here, a spiritual rave, to move our bodies, to do sacred dance together, to free ourselves. It's okay to, to have a wild and ecstatic experience of the divine. It's not just an affirmative prayer. An affirmative prayer is part of the formula. It's not just meditation. That's part of the formula. Gabor Mate says his, his attention deficit is so, is so bad. He said, I couldn't meditate for years and years and years. He's 74 years old now. He said, I just found a yoga practice that I can incorporate that has been wonderful for me. But he said in the past, every time I sit down and meditate, I'm boom, 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 because there's ADHD. So ADHD happens. It's a survival mechanism. It's a way for us when, when we can't get the cookie and our parents are in such stress, because many times we have the greatest parents in the world, but they can't provide for us what we need in the moment. And it creates trauma. And so what we do to, to, to manage it is we tune out, we go away in our heads because we've got nowhere else to go. Reborn Mate says when he was two months old, the the, the Nazis surrounded Budapest, uh, Hungary, where he was born. And he said, said, I'm I'm two months old. And he said, my mother called the doctor and said, can you help me? My baby cannot stop crying. And the doctor said back to her, I got to tell you, every Jewish baby in Budapest is crying because they felt the stress of the mother. So we have put so much stress on ourselves to parent perfectly that i got to have the perfect child, that my child goes out and does something, they might embarrass me. That was my mother's big thing. Don't embarrass me. Rather than let me scream and holler because I didn't get the cookie, you know, i get slapped a number of times and thrown in the closet till I stopped crying. But, but, but isn't it interesting? So when we understand this, when we can hold it better, when we can do our own integration and realize people are just having their experience... And not that we agree with it, but we can see it from the the vision of wisdom. I'm, I'm so grateful. Part of my prayer right now, I'm so grateful for the President of the United States right now because he's modeling for us exactly what we don't want to do. Because he was traumatized as a kid. His brother drank himself to death. He was told that life is a competition. There's winners and there's losers. And if you ain't a winner, you're a loser. And everybody's a loser. And he, and he calls people names. I mean, he's got no filters. He's perfect for us right now. Because he's a, he's, a, he's a... And so we get to decide, do I want to buy into his sense of fear? Or do I want to realize this is just life unfolding? This is his unintegrated stuff. This is an eight-year-old child playing itself out, which is already done. He, what do eight-year-old kids do? They make up stuff to protect themselves. <laughs> we would call that sometimes a lie. So when we, when we observe this from the perspective of wisdom and understanding, we can say, that isn't for me. He's an inspiration. The guy is an absolute inspiration. <laughs> is he not? In every way, shape, and form. God bless him. So we get to decide, do we want to continue to do this? Or is it time to give birth to something new? See, it only takes 10% of the population to get on board with this, and we're moving, we're giving birth to it. But what it requires is our own commitment to wake up over and over and over again and to recover ourselves, to, to own all of it, to activate the divine intuition and the heart knowledge, the heart math that Lewis teaches and, and, and that we use here all the time. All that stuff to awaken in a beautiful way. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful opportunity. We are ready. We are equipped. We have everything we need to do this. And the information is out there. So what Terry Patton says in this beautiful book, The Heart of the New Republic, it requires a whole new species of humanity. So stop latching on to one modality and saying, this is the answer, because it's part of the answer. This is, this is not like, there's no one, Timothy Ferris said in the interview, I wish there was a one-stop shopping. One pl- a place I could go and get it all. There isn't. We have to pick and choose and use our discernment. The Center for Spiritual Living is a, is a, a, a community that is committed to living the, the, the finest possibility and creating a, 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 an incubator so that we can give birth to something powerful and beautiful and wonderful. And the way we do that is each one of us becomes more alive and awake and aware over and over and over again. And so we can own our attachment we can be in intimate, healthy, beautiful relationships with one another. Come together and look in your eyes and say, "I see the face of God there." What's going on with you? You beautiful person. And then we understand all of the struggle and the pain, that we have put ourselves through. It was, it was all part of the awakening process. We'd like it overnight, we'll snap our fingers. It takes time. It takes years. It might take the rest of our lives, which it probably will. But what else are we going to do? <laughs> to learn how to love. And forgive, forgive ourselves. Trust ourselves. When I trust myself and I do an affirmative prayer, I got to tell you, my life is turned on its head. But when I'm praying for lack and limitation, or you're not fulfilling my needs and pointing out there and blaming people, we have we have mastered being victims. We have mastered being victims. We should. We're going to start small groups, victims, small group. Anybody, anybody want to host? Let me know. We have learned all we need to learn from from struggle. And lack and limitation we have i have and so now when i get triggered now when somebody says something and it, it sets me on fire i look at the cause what is what is longing to be healed here what is what is because this is what it does is it diverts my energy and going back to that, that slide on the filters see if i can go backwards here my, my one and only quote in my oh that's next sunday that's the wrong way A restricted soiled or faulty filter will result in a disappointing and or compromised experience. It's just the way the law works. How do you become a clean hollow vessel? How do you surrender? David Hawkins, remember David Hawkins, Power Versus 4? He said, we are here to love everything and everybody. Holy cow. Don't ask me to do that. I can love these guys over here, but not these guys over here. To love it all. So how do we grow into that capacity and that Welcome. Because then we embody, then we're the Christ. Then we're the Buddha. And it's possible for all of us. What did he say? He said, these things I have done, you shall do an even greater. So what I want to do right now, and I get on a roll and I go over, but I've invited Dennis um, Goodwill to come up here and he's going to do sound bath with us for about 10 minutes. And then we're going to sing to come out of it. You'll know it's over when we start singing loving spirit. I've asked Teresa and I will lead you in that. There she is. So Dennis is going to do 10 minutes. Teresa and I will do... uh, loving spirit to come out but what I invite you to do is get in your spiritual position whatever it may be and allow this sound to cleanse and move whatever it is see this is transactional whatever you're willing to give up so that you can have a different experience whatever addiction whatever diminished thought you may have that you want to give up so that you can create a greater experience of wholeness and of authenticity to recover yourself it's beautiful so let's go
1: space